Here is a box, a musical box, wound up and ready to play. Can you guess what is in it today? This is Box Thirty Nine. Listen to by Australians all around the world. Hello, this is Box Thirty Nine, and I'm Bill Lawrence. You're listening to international teenage executives from the Box 39 house band Ausgang Exit. And welcome to a show all about Ausgang Exit and the man behind this force, because this is a Box 39 special, Ausgang Exit, If Truth Be Told. But don't think this is another biography of Henry and his succession of Ausgang exit projects. Instead, this is my mission to find and get to know the real Henry, the man behind the microphone. Ausgang exit, if truth be told. It's my brutal and honest journey, but with Henry about to face the biggest trial of his life, literally in a court of law, although only giving evidence from his tax haven domicile in the Cayman Islands via Zoom, I had just a few weeks to push past the painstakingly placed and polished public persona. I had to prepare plans and produce progress pretty promptly. And I didn't just find Henry's story, I found my story too, and perhaps the story of everyone else. Along the way are revelations, conversations and secrets revealed from Henry's friends, and sometimes enemies. And world boxing champion, and still one of Henry's closest friends, Frank Bruno opened up. There may be a couple of things where I might mix up here and there, but I, I had to say what I had to say. I had to come on this programme. His old adversary from university and UK Prime Minister Boris Johnson. Well, I suppose there might be an element of truth in that, but the profound truth of the matter is that it would be very, very hard to do it any other way. Frank Bruno again. I've said things because I wanted them to say. I'm not saying them for hype. I'm not saying them because um, I'm trying to butter up someone. All I'm trying to do is talk from my heart, say it as it is. You know, I don't have to say that. From the world of showbiz, proclaimed comedy mentor, Ronnie Corbett. There's a turnaround in the relationship and one knew that, you know, it was very serious. One-time neighbour and another Prime Minister, Tony Blair. You know, I bear the entire responsibility for this man's future and his family upon my shoulders. Frank Bruno. I don't like mice or things like that, or, or snakes, nothing like that. I'm not, I'm not saying, I would, you know what I mean? I'm, yeah, I, I would respect them, 
if a Rottweiler or a Pitbull Terrier came up to me, I would you know, say, yes, mate, I know I'm not supposed to mess about with you. I've got to get a taxi now. Taxi! And on this journey, I collected music, not just from the exit, but I wanted to play songs that had relevance to my search that could offer more clues. So let's commence our journey right here at the beginning and where it starts with our first piece of music, Wild World by Cat Stevens. As we open Box 39, this is Ausgang Exit, If Truth Be Told. Baby, it's a wild world And 
And I'll always remember you like a child girl. Ausgang exit. Ausgang exit. is like the happiness that you might feel when you think of Ausgang Exit. Henry made new friends easily in the showbiz world right from the start. Birthdays and Christmas were times of great generosity from Henry. I asked Ken Dodd, Imperial Tickling Master, if he remembered these good times. It's your memories that really uh, you start leafing through and uh, remembering all the happy times, all the good times. Ken, you've mentioned that Henry always remembered to send you birthday gifts. What sort of things did he send you? Mostly gadgets and, uh, and, and books. Was there anyone that was more special? The Times World Atlas. I also spoke to Bob Geldof, who confirmed that he had also received presents from Henry. How important, Bob, have Henry's gifts been to you in your life? Yeah, it's very nice. I like it very much. It's, you know, it may be very boring, etc., etc., but... Um uh, I really wouldn't have it any other way. How have they made a difference? I'd have been able to conduct my life as I've conducted without them. Bob also admitted that on one occasion Henry's gift had caused chaos in the Geldof households with his three young daughters. Too young, perhaps, to grasp Henry's uniqueness when gifting. I remember um, extremely well um, the sound of the screaming and the smell um, girls fainting and peeing themselves as they fainted and the urine running down the green marbled linoleum. As I began to lift Henry's lid, slowly and sometimes not that easily, I started to find a separate music for Henry. I started to find details that were distinctly different, dangerous and dark. Ray Winston, the actor, famously fought with Henry over a Christmas present that Henry gave him one Christmas Eve at a party. There was a few people there and uh, he picked me up and I weed all over his raincoat. He had a brand new raincoat and everyone kind of went quiet and uh, I guess he went off then and had his raincoat cleaned. Ray, how did you feel afterwards? I had to enjoy it. I had to have fun doing it. Why did you choose such a public way to settle your differences? These days, you know, the police are involved and everyone's taken to court and you're both bound over for a year and a day to keep the peace. What a waste of taxpayers' money. What could I believe? Who was telling the truth? Who had what I was looking for hidden under their bush? 
but already it felt as if reality was fraying and I didn't have a sufficiently big needle and long enough thread to sew up the tears. So, to give me advice on this dilemma, I spoke to top scientist Stephen Hawking, one of Henry's long-standing friends from the university days. How had Henry affected him? I modelled myself on him, but it was less of a disadvantage to me than to other people, because it didn't stop me doing what I wanted, which was to try and understand how the universe operates. Were you and your friends, particularly Henry, happy at that time, Stephen? And most young people were disillusioned with what was called the establishment. Boris Johnson also remembers copious gifts from Henry, especially for birthdays. Should you not have returned these presents if they were inappropriate? Yeah, that would have been the, 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 the right thing to do. Because it was, you know, it was ridiculous. What was the best thing that Henry sent you, Boris? Dandelion clock of eternity. You know, things are ticking away. So no doubts in the back of your mind when you opened that? I don't know. It sounds rather pretentious now you mention it. So what would you have preferred to receive as a gift from Henry? Very big pot of that French seedy mustard. Any kind of meat is more or less bearable with mustards. The piano has been drinking, not me, not me, not me, not me. When it's not always raining, there'll be days like this. When there's no one complaining, there'll be days like this. Everything falls into place like the flick of a switch. Well, my mama told me there'll be days like this. When you don't need to worry, there'll be days like this. When no one's in a hurry, there'll be days like this. When you don't get betrayed by that old Judas kiss. Oh, my mama told me there'll be days like this. When you don't need an answer, there'll be days like this. When you don't need a chance, there'll be days like this. When all the parts of the puzzle start to look like they fit Then I must remember there'll be days like this When you don't have no freeloaders, I can get that kicks it. Well, that's nobody's business, the way that you want to live. I just have to remember, there'll be days like this. When no one steps on my dreams, 
gotta be days like this When people understand what I mean There'll be days like this When you ring out the changes Of how everything is Well my mama told me There'll be days like this We all know that if horses could dance, there would be bigger discotheques. With this in mind, I return to Henry's past. I spoke to cynical British DJ John Peel. Did he enjoy the original Ausgang exit? Well, to a certain extent. So was Henry forgiving when you revealed your doubts about the band? No, they didn't like it at all. I mean, it, it was uh, rather frightening in a way. I mean, I, I, I borrowed the record from a record shop in Oxford Street and came back and I put about five or six tracks from it into that night's programme. And, uh, you know, he felt kind of threatened by it because it was so alien and it was terrifically exciting. Was there at any point, uh, John, when you thought it might be best to hide your true feelings? Not at all, no, not really. I mean, I find if, if you try to avoid having an image and just be yourself, which obviously is much easier, really. It's like the difference between telling truth and, and telling lies. Because if you tell lies, you have to try and remember what it is that you said and, and to whom you said it. Whereas if you just tell the truth, it's a lot easier. You know, there's no, nothing to remember. Top funny character actress Julie Walters was quickly partnered with Henry on a TV show by producers anxious to catch the wave of interest and infamy in The Exit. The format of that show, a hybrid magazine show with food and drink, politics and cooking demonstrations set in a variety of East Anglian golf clubs, was simple but unquestionably wrong, believes Julie. No mainly because it wasn't my decision. It wasn't really what I wanted to do. I was doing it for the wrong reasons, and I thought, I've got to do what I want to do now. And so I decided to get out. Tony Blair was a close ally and sponsor of Henry at that time. Did he also believe that this was a step too far and that Henry had sucked off more than he could swallow? Uh, well, that is a very good question, and I think if I was to be completely truthful, yes, I did. And it wasn't long before Tony had also felt Henry's cold shoulder of lamb of ambition as their business and personal relationships deteriorated. But for some reason it never quite worked out for me. And, that, and I, I regret that, although it allowed me to do other things. So from this point, was it all over? And the question is how? And uh, do you think you can ever mend that relationship? What is between us? I asked Julie that very same question. And Julie, do you think you can ever mend that relationship? Everybody asks the same questions. And have you ever cooked on TV since? I haven't cooked a meal since 1979. I think it was egg on toast. It was at this point I realised that I needed rules if I was going to play this game. And rules is something that Henry never played by. Bye. 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 Bye.
will always love you. Ooh, 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 ooh. Thank you. Please hold while I continue to impress you. If you leave me now, you'll take away the biggest part of me. Thank you. For live bookings, please press 1 now. To end the call and avoid hearing my sweet, sweet music again, please press 9 now. You have selected option 9. Are you sure? Selecting option 9 will prevent you from hearing my sweet, sweet music again. Goodbye. <laughs> Exit. to say that all watermelon smells like chicken in the abattoir. And this was never so true as at the turn of the millennium when Henry announced that he had found an alternative power source for the internet. Convincing a few close comedy chums to work with him, the project, which was cloaked in secrecy at the time, soon became increasingly successful and increasingly fraught. 
as the project reached an important stage requiring transcendental comedy to go through a new and quite dangerous deionization process to transform the basic fuel source of chuckle gas into a product they hoped would be the future power source of the internet, laughing gravy. The whole project was to fall like a house of dreams built with cards. Comedy buttock Ricky Gervais was already a fan of Henry's music and wasn't going to miss the opportunity this project offered at the time. Probably my single biggest hero in music and uh, I suppose he's known for putting the art into music but what people don't realise is I've never regretted saying no. You said that there's a very early Ausgang exit song, Your Barracks Door is Wide Open, that made you finally decide to invest so much money into the internet thing. First of all, it's an absolutely beautiful song, and um, it's always on my mind. And uh, the Elvis version's beautiful, but I never considered Elvis vulnerable enough to pull this song off. Again, it's that regret, it's that guy who's um, maybe made some mistakes, and now he's in the, the twilight years and uh, he's trying to put it right this one out of all the songs nearly makes me cry every time investor and internet early adopter John Cleese remembers how his own involvement in the project turned more than sour I remember just thinking what is all this about well, what do you think gave so many comedians like yourself the idea that this venture, helmed by Henry, could work? Uh, because fortuitously, we all seem to have the same basic philosophy about organised religion, so the thing was a dream. What did you think when you heard that Henry had pulled out and abandoned the whole project? No. Oh, no. No. What, what effect did this shock have on you, John? I was really fairly continuously depressed for probably two years. Not not unable to function. I mean, I never had to not go into work, but at the weekends I used to sit around and stare into the distance. Some say it was the loose tongue of another comedy investor, Ronnie Corbett, that had led to the fundraising part of the scheme chafing too violently, and so collapse became inevitable. Do you hold with this story? I think so. Ronnie Corbett settled out of court in the litigation that followed this whole matter, and has always maintained that his victory in court confirmed that it was the visionary work of himself and Henry in using comedy as a source of power that has allowed the internet to be powered today by the resin extracted by Google from love and hope. Well, you'd be surprised, really. It was pretty sad, but we went and celebrated in our usual customary, modest family way and had an Indian curry in Westbourne Group. Which leads me to our next piece of music, and this is R.E.M. and Everybody Hurts. Sure you've had enough 
This is Box 39 with Bill Lawrence and Adrian Cohen. as folly does, remarked Plato wryly, adding, and if the folly of mankind soars higher than any eagle, it will never touch the sky. With my thoughts firmly fixed by these thoughts, I turned to Henry's spiritual side. Were there any truths hiding in his religious beliefs, perhaps? Was the answer hiding in plain sight? I spoke to smiling old man Boy George, whose LinkedIn profile confirms that he was spiritual advisor to Henry from 2004 to 2009. So George, how did you first know that you and Henry would be so spiritually attuned and uh, aligned to each other? I always like to feel that I'm in contact with people, whether it be physically or spiritually or whatever, or mentally, or just in my thoughts. Now how did you feel when Henry removed you from this role without notice after nearly six years? Now, I have often wondered, like, what's the point of it all? You know, you think, well, what's the point of this, you know? Professional Yorkshireman and God-fearing cricket umpire Sir Dickie Bird spent several weekend retreats alone with Henry where they would discuss politics, global financial markets, and occasionally the state of their own love lives. But there's one thing that Dickie regrets. He never saw me umpire. I was very sad about that because I would have loved now to give him things that he never had in life, you know what I mean? And uh, so he never saw me umpire, which was very sad. So he wouldn't pay to watch you? Surely he had sufficient money after all these years. I'll tell you this, and I've told him, I said, you can't take your money with you, boy, but he will. He'll get it in that coffin when they bury him. And I've told him, I hope I'm still around, because I dig it up. <laughs> Do you feel it was your fault? And, and does that worry you? If I go and sit in my 17th century cottage at home, sit in that chair at 65 years of age and start worrying and thinking about everything and inventing things to worry about, which I do, I won't live 12 months after that, and I mean that. So what has Boy George been doing since he fell out of the orbit of the man behind the exit? I collect a lot of, sort of statues. Whereas you were given a pound coin to ride the bendy bus to school, I was driven to school in a Land Rover by a Croatian diplomat. And then we would leave the car at school and buy a new car to come home. And whereas your school dinners consisted of turkey dinosaurs and a can of lilt, at my school we dined on Japanese Kobe beef and a glass of saffron-infused otter's milk. But these small differences aside, we're both human beings. All right, be that as it may, sir. Please step out of the vehicle. I need to see your license and registration, all right? So it's time for another piece of music to help us on our journey. This is Goldfrap and Melancholy Sky. Thank you. 
Ausgang, Exit.
comes a time in all of a man's life when he must put together any parts torn asunder, be they missing, found or temporarily unaccounted for. Thus spoke Mr Fizzywig to David Copperfield at the start of his journey to understand the minds of men and to find truth. So I went to see the Coronation Street actress and iconic pub landlady Judy Goodyear, or Bette Lynch as she is better known. In the mid-1980s, Henry had been doing some acting at the Granada Studios in Manchester, where she was making episodes of The Street each day. And I've got the utmost respect for people who do and who can work like that. Then I asked Julie about the rumours of romance, even of marriage that I had heard about from another ex-boyfriend and member of Henry's inner circle, Bobby Davro. You have done your homework. He was actually working. I mean, Granada was a hive of activity in those days. And he was working in the next studio. Uh, and he was a great fan of the street. And he wanted to play the part of a tramp and for Bet to throw him out of the pub. And, of course, that was not allowed because anybody who was famous or well-known in those days was not allowed to be in the programme. Julie told me she still carried a moment of their clandestine and short-lived and some say disastrous marriage. She withdrew a small rocket-shaped shiny locket from deep down in her jacket pocket and carefully showed me. I've got it here. Since the 11th of May 1987, I've taken this everywhere with me. Wherever I've been, I take this, and this has helped me with grief. Raggle-taggle-haired, Scottish funny-bones Billy Connolly was best man at the marriage of Henry to Julie, and he felt the pain of its messy breakup. You have to really be strong. Billy, you've commented on how Julie still carries a rocket locket in her pocket, reminding her each day of her love for Henry. And you say that it's the wrong thing for Julie? Why is that? Because you're carrying it around like a rucksack full of bricks for your whole life. And the more you do it, the more you feel you've got something to hide. That there's, you, you've got a big boil in the back of your neck, but you wear this big scarf all the time. And so you get a guilt from it that you really shouldn't have because you were the victim of something. And uh, it's not pleasant when you're doing it because it's very painful to revisit things and you have to tell the truth because it's completely worthless otherwise. Comedy jester Frankie Howard was the only person that I spoke to who had a more robust memory of Julian Henry's wedding day where he had organised the refreshments in the Granada Studios bar afterwards. I, I liked it, and a little drop of rum, I remember, and Coke. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> the more rum I drank, the more I enjoyed it, strangely enough, you wouldn't believe that, would you? 
It wasn't long before special memories like this started to draw Billy and Frankie to a happier place, and then Billy suggested a late night of songs and reminiscences. Could I have my banjo? Yeah, that would be great. It was time for me to leave. Another part of the jigsaw had been inserted roughly into place in my mind. Time was beginning to fade and evaporate. I didn't want to wake up tomorrow with a hangover from hell, wearing Billy Conley's banana boots and Frankie Howard's toupee. Was I getting close to the end of my journey? And here's another piece of music now. This is from Judy Garland and it's Be Happy.
sleeping at uh, two o'clock this morning my wife comes in and says oh the shop's been uh someone ran into the shop and i said oh what so i jumped out of bed and all i had was my undies on and i've walked out the front and i've seen uh the car smashed and i've seen the bloke 
walking back to the car and so I've walked outside and I said oh what are you doing mate like you can't be leaving the scene and he goes don't be a hero mate and I said I'm not trying to be a hero but the police are coming and he just decided he'd scoot up the road and I just said nah it's not going on like that mate so I jumped in my car and I started chasing him up the road and then he went down a side street and then the police were coming and I flashed him and sent them off in the direction of him but mate all I had was my jocks on and I was chasing him up the street and I'm just like mate like not. knows when the end has come, because that would not be the end, it would just be another brick in the wall of time. Like memories, like the corners of my mind, misty watercolour memories of the way we were. Scattered pictures of the smiles we left behind, smiles we gave to one another for the way we were. Can it be that it was all so simple then, or has time rewritten every line? If we had the chance to do it all again, tell me, would we? Could we? I spoke to Welsh rugby fan and expert on coal, Neil Kinnock, who won't have a word said against Henry, remembering him for being a deeply funny man and a very generous lover. And I think that uh, laughing and loving are the two greatest things that human beings can do. And uh, I really need a laugh. Sir Elton John recounts how Henry could always be relied upon. I remember I turned up one boxing day. It was a time when I was drinking very heavily. I wasn't particularly very happy. And I thought, I know what he was going to say. He's going to give me a lecture. So I went to his house for lunch. You know, he was very nice. He said, here you are. Put a bottle of brandy on the table. He said, have that. That's what you want, isn't it? However, here's a very alternative opinion from Frank Bruno when I asked him if he regretted working so hard with Henry in Panto in 2010 at the Palace Theatre in Clacton. Um, very, very much so, you know what I mean? But um, we all got to do something in life. Tony Blair was also sure when I asked him the same question. So, Tony, do you regret doing the Panto with Henry and Frank? Yes, absolutely. I ended my journey at this point. I had heard enough. All that was left for me to do was to play an interview with Henry's former agent, business partner and accountant, Lord David Frost, which for years had lain forgotten in the Combe Radio archive. It was recorded at the time that Henry's world had collapsed all around him and he had gone to the Cayman Islands where extradition treaties and wiggy-faced lawyers might not find him. So you're still friends with Henry? So do you still like him after all that's happened? I think like is almost too personal a word from the man with no small talk with a barrier between him and the rest of the world you know what I mean it's almost too personal a word and also one had to bear in mind that although one felt he was a tragic figure that in fact there were 30 people or so who were in jail for following out his orders or you know trying to help him do you forgive him now do you think he should be punished all dogs should be shot and what punishment do you think would be appropriate for Henry Lord David 
I think that maybe gassing would be the right humane solution. I'm Bill Lawrence. Thank you for listening to our Box 39 special, Ausgang Exit, If Truth Be Told. Be seeing you. The love you leave will be there after you're gone. Will be there after you're gone. Still be there after you're gone.
Clock 39 is a Guppy production for Cone Radio and is committed to a varied, equitable and truly inclusive output that properly reflects the ethnic diversity of our community audience. 